0: Welcome back to Core Stats, powered by the Mail Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the new daily fantasy app where we actually make money. Download it on any major provider for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first hundred bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. And the proof is in that green pudding man we have been throwing our weight around the jock market because of the granular work that we do wow hard work paying off what another novel idea a lot of that going on here at cork Stads. baby rate route review and subscribe to the audio only part i'm not going to ask you for the cartoon like button here on youtube until i deserve it and i got a pretty good feeling um about to i hope you had a wonderful weekend as we all kind of make this shift into football i had dalton del don on the football show check out the fantasy football picks and bet show man meet him chopping it up he's a big time contrarian so am i as far as football goes we're drafting around the clock getting ready that football show gonna be kicking off i think we have 13 episodes of cork stats left wow what a ride it was man i just had the best time ever Putting the show on. We are not going to take our foot off the gas. We are going to go all the way right to the finish line till we see that checkered flag waving. Here we go. It's the three pillars of profit on the fastest show in MLB, absolutely anywhere. And you could take that one to the bank. Pretty sure about that. I've been making my way around, you know, the content space for quite a while. And <laughs> I'm not sure anybody's quite as crazy as me. All right, let's get up. It's the 815 stack attack. Let's run it back, everybody. We want those fighting fills there in Cincinnati. You know, we'd love to hit in the great American small park going up against Mike Miner, 624, ERA 156 Whip ops north of nine hundred all the things we're generally looking to get after the FIP and deserve era both north of six, kind of validating that very poor era the nineteen percent k rate is too low for a ten percent walk rate that 's too high doesn 't induce enough chases, gets forced into the zone, ninety percent in zone contact rate right once we start to see contact rates anywhere above kind of eighty eight or ninety then you could start looking for quality of contact but right? it 's generally no accident. When a pitcher has a very high contact rate inside the zone, you'll usually see that the low swinging strike rate, the inability to force chases, and then having to go, you know, inside to kind of challenge once behind. That 1-0, 2-0, those are very dangerous counts for a guy like Minor. Once he puts it in the zone, 50% fly ball, 12% barrel, more than a 10% blast rate. Again, that's the ideal subset of barrels, really the stat you want to be looking for. That's equal more than two and a half home runs per nine. It's been an abject disaster for Mike Minor. The Reds have just completely surrendered, which is really a shame, right? They started so terribly and then started picking up some steam. They started getting some stuff going. the Drury started hitting, call up a couple guys. And then, you know, India comes back and then I get it. You kind of sell off. But the way they're doing it is just terrible. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if I had control of a minor league farm system, I'd, I'd like to think I'd be Bringing up guys that are at least viable this Reds team is just trash. Anyway, righties are killing minor this year. 306 BA and a 10-24 OPS on the season against the vast majority of hitters. Like, that's just not going to do it. They've also hit 14 of 18 home runs. The problem is, really, it's a two-pitch approach, so it's a fastball that's junk. 42 use, 523 X-lug, only 12% whiff, right? If you're new here, welcome aboard. Hope you're going to stick around as we transfer over to football. That's my triple slash for individual pitches you know people got to be very careful when we talk about pitches i think as we learn more about the ball and flight and shape and all these things and how much they matter i think it's it's time for a new descriptor i'm going to be trying to do this in the off season i have something cooking to try and come up with a way to grade pitches maybe a little bit better than we have And it's not to knock p i've just found that singular number doesn't really do it we don't really know what it means we don't really know what goes into it so again if i use a triple slash that's usage x log whiff rate you know how often it's being deployed how hard not just how hard it's being hit that's why x log is so important right because it's ev plus launch angle more important than batting average we can get into why so another day and then whiff rate again you know something that's separate from contact like a pitcher can have a high, very high bow rate but they could still have swing and missed stuff we have a pitcher that is actually going to check those boxes. So the triple slash on the fastball is junk. The other pitcher, see, the changeup is also junk. use, 461, seven home runs. It was four home runs on the fastball. So you put them together, what do you got? You know, bibbity bobbity boop of course. 72% use, a plus 500 X-slug, and 11 home runs on the only two pitches he throws. So let's go get him. Give me Reese's Pieces Hoskins, year-to-date against lefties, 119 plate appearances, 51% hard hit rate. That's 95 miles an hour with a 16% bow rate. Gotta love that. And then our hitter triple slash right the reason why triple slashes work again a small tangent a single number doesn't really do much two numbers help but any two numbers make a line three points is where you begin to get validation right if two numbers match it's probably valid but you always want to look further three points in a line is a very good match when they're off that will give you an idea that something is awry all right, so our triple slash, the official cork stats degen, right, the degenerative gambler triple slash. Here is B-A-Iso-O-P-S, ISO counts extra base hits rates. OPS counts walks, which don't count for total base hits. So when we're playing jock market, OPS, those things absolutely matter. Also, plate appearance is probably the most important thing for jock market. Though, of course, whenever we're looking at individualized hitter play, prop plays, any of this stuff, plate appearance is the only thing that matters, right? You can't score from a dugout. You can't score points from a dugout. But really why it matters in jock market is because it's not just opportunity. There's inherent reward. A plate appearance gets a half a point, and a half a point could literally be the difference between a negative and positive return. So that's when being on the road, hitting in the top third, trying to guarantee that ninth frame, of course, really matters. So there's the nuance in the context you get, the Cork stats. So 296, 296, 1004. OPS Hoskins killed him. 400 expected woba, 15 extra base hits, six home runs against lefties. Key him up today. Also, Alec, uh, Adam, bomb. 120 plate appearances on the year. So there's also an annual stat against lefties. 46 hard hit, 11% barrel. His triple slash bit gaudy as well. 349 BA, 229 ISO, 970 OPS. These are a pretty good example, this pairing right here of how to deploy it. Again, I give you the hitter model scores. We have people playing daily if people playing prop plays with people playing bass hit plays if you people playing jock market and other of these daily sites so it, it's more than just the name because the name is viable in certain places and not other ones let me just give you an idea what we're talking about so hoskins 296 296 that 296 iso the one in the middle is at nearly 30 percent extra base hit rate. So if we get four plate appearances, we should be able to go over one and a half total bases. When it comes to somebody like Baum, he has the 350 BA with the lower 220 ISO. That's maybe someone for the base hit play, right? More so than the total bases and less home runs. So, but 12 doubles. So there is a bit there. Baum would probably come down to the rest of the calculus for me. The pricing, the placement, though with Hoskins having the stronger ISO numbers, and power numbers. I'd be looking for Hoskins in the power basket, bomb in the contact basket, and then let's tack on one more for our daily stack players. It's Gene Segura. He's back. He, I just wanted to center on the left-handed fastballs. Remember, Miner throwing it at a 40% clip, so he's going to see at least a handful of those today. He has a 92% contact rate so he's getting a stick on it 23 percent barrel I mean what more could you ask for he's almost hitting everything he sees a quarter of those are barrels for 64 expected robot against those left-handed fastballs year-to-date so it could be Hoskins bomb and Segura to be up on minor in Cincinnati all righty next up it's the Blackbirds and orange vest. Those Baltimore Orioles going up against you say Kikuchi. I say bit of a gas can. Five sixteen ERA, one five whip, eight forty two OPS. The FIP and Sierra and PCRA all north of five point nine. It's just atrocious. The twenty five percent K is pretty good, but 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 the big shaking butt thirteen percent walk rate is going to get you in trouble no matter who you are. The first strike rate incredibly low at fifty one percent, and the chase rate also very low. So it's a matter of him winning in the zone. So check it out. This is why we got to be very careful when we look at these disciplinary stats and why I use that, I say so many of them, but why I like to think I draw a picture with them, right? So the first strike rate is extremely low, and like I said, he doesn't get chases. But the in-zone contact rate is extremely low as well. 81% in-zone contact rate, meaning Kikuchi wins in the zone. The problem is his location. So he he is confident attacking you in the zone, But I don't think he always knows where it's going. So he is getting swings and misses in the zone but then also being really punished check it out when he misses righties year to date doing the majority of the damage 263 BA, 908 ops they've hit 16 home runs 10 of those at home will they be playing today the problem is the fastball 52 percent used to righties six seventeen 17 x log seven home runs so that's really the center of it is i think kikuchi needs another pitch or a more robust arsenal you're just allowing hitters to sit on the fastball a bit too much and now again a bit more of the context nuance that you're really not getting anywhere else because a lot of people don't understand this stuff which is why i brought on the experts onto my show to explain it to me right that's how we learn stuff i didn't wake up smart i spend a lot of time talking to smart people and believe it or not i try and be quiet sometimes and actually listen when they talk i had professor barton smith on to talk about ball and flight effective magnus all this stuff like that and how it matters let's get into it kikuchi's fastball is actually pretty good 13 inches of vertical drop is right around the average not bad but it's, it's not great but it's also not bad right you want it that number lower you want less vertical drop you want it flat kind of flattened of course that way you can throw up in the zone to keep it away from the stick he also has 11 inches of horizontal um run that arm side run very important that's an excellent number there so the fastball itself is not bad the problem is the location and the usage so this will be something we'll be looking at in the offseason where kikuchi is going to be a good candidate for a person to take a step forward again i know we've heard this song and dance before but it really is the case so but for the time being, while he's forcing a fastball to righties, let's go get him. Santander against lefties, last 65 plate appearances, 47 hard hit, 15 barrel. Check out the triple slash, 386, 351, with a 422 expected woba and 5. Shamalama, ding dong, Santander crushing southpaws. Also, give me Brian McKenna. I love this play. This one hit the last time as well. 55 plate appearances against lefties, year-to-date 293, 220, 868. Not necessarily so gaudy, but we love the 293 batting average, five extra base hits. And what's the key here? McKenna has led off the last two games against lefties. So he's like a purely platoon player. And now we're seeing more and more teams that do this. They have specific platoon guys, and they end up leading off. The books are not on top of this. So right now, McKenna's hit prop was minus 180. He's a perfect candidate to pair with somebody else. I don't like to pay that kind of juice, but if I were to pay the kind of juice, that minus 180 is like a total smash. We're going to get a 300 hitter in an excellent spot, and he's leading off, and he's on the road. I mean, that's every single thing you could ask for, and they have an implied team total over five. So, like, you know, McKenna's in line for like five or possibly six plate appearances leading off. I think we're getting a hit. I mean, you should going to hit. Everybody should get a hit at that point, right? So you see kind of how the numbers we use into our advantage, kind of like a judo thing, right? They come at us and we try, whoop, side so set use momentum, boom, chuck them. Into the ground. All right, let's get over into the last guy. It's Mateo. Last 30 days, 27 plate appearance against Lefties. He's turned it on. We know he's very streaky. You want to get with him when he's in top side wave. Eleven percent barrel at the time, right? So it's not just junk. I know he gets a bad rap. He's not a great hitter. He has a flawed profile, but he hits the ball hard. 360, 280, 1047 OPS, four extra base hits, you know, it's twenty-seven plate appearance. You can get with Mateo. Keep an eye on his pricing in jock market, especially. You know, he gets that tag of being kind of toxic and all that stuff. So he's a guy we like to back. When he's cheap, he will go with a smash and grab, right? He'll homer and steal in the same game. Get those plate appearances. That'll get you to the top of the line. The problem's been the placement. I think he's batting seventh. So it's hard to pay any kind of premium. Last note on that. Excuse me as we talk, when we mentioned jock market. So we were killing jock market to start the year. Then we kind of nosedive a little bit. I got beat up by weather, but also we lost a bit because they started to split the slates and I didn't properly adjust my pricing. If you notice, it's now reflected on the bottom. I was paying, I had $5.55. Now I'm down to $5. Yeah, it doesn't sound like much, but it matters. You know, Lowering my threshold by 11% has made a difference. Again, and when they split the slate, you need more points because more players are on the slate. You have more of a chance to get backdoored by garbage hitters. That's the stuff we want to look for. I'm not necessarily chasing the top score. I'm more chasing profits look for the best hitters in the best spots at the cheapest Prices. I know that sounds intuitive, but in DraftKings, you don't necessarily want to leave a ton of money left over. I will do that to try and be different sometimes. Maybe not in single entries though. So again, nuance and content just pouring out of our nose. all right, Let's stay in that same game. Get a Bluebirds against Kyle, Horse, Braddish, 642, ERA, 162 with a 900 OPS, all the attack metrics firmly in place. Sierra and Deserved ERA both north of five and a half, 10% swing strike, 49 first strike. That's just a terrible pairing. you got to get ahead more than half the time. And if you fall behind, you got to induce chases, which he does not. He's forced in the zone, and that number is above 89. So again, right, see the story, how we read it. It's the lack of swing and misses and the inability to induce chases that allow us to get to the contact metrics. You don't want to just jump. The barrel stats, it's just not enough. Braddish does keep the bolt on the ground, 44% hard hit rate, generally not something we're going after, but, 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 like big shaking butt, like garden hose soapy water butt. 43 hard hit, 10% barrel, that's garbage, and has led to a 4 40 expected wobble on contact. That's an isolated contact metric. Anytime that's a number over 400, that's an issue. 10% worse than that. This is as bad as it gets. Has led to the nearly two home runs per nine. Righties have a 3.56 batting average year-to-date against them with a 10.16 OPS. That's just not going to ride in the major leagues. They've hit 10 of 13 home runs, fastballs against rise right hyper usage again So you see these kind of running themes i don't i don't even necessarily target these they just happen to be at the bottom of all these rabbit holes so what ends up happening you reverse engineer it, you're looking at that's what you're looking for so you could almost it, it's very strange the, the pitchers with the worst fastball seem to throw them the most i don't understand i'd love to hash it out with a pitching coach i'd love to see if i could convince them that this is a mistake but While they're going at it, we're going to do the same. He's forcing the fastballs to right. He's 50% use. Hey, 682 X lug and only 18% whiff rate. Six home runs. Now, if we zoom in a bit, right? That optometrist thing I often talk about, right? Better or worse. Let's zoom on in click, 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 click. The shape on the Braddish fastball is Trashola, 14% vertical. So that's a bit worse than average. Not terrible. You want to be 12 or lower is very good. 13, 14, you could stomach it, but then you want a bit more run. How about this? Zero inches of ASR, that's side run for Bradish. So his fastball, not any good. Give me Matt Chapman, last 30 days, played 77 plate appearances against righties. 67 hard hit, 27 barrel, 16 blast. Oh my God. Hachi Machi. Liberace, check out the triple slash. Gordy is not the word. 318, 394, 11, 28, a 39% extra base hit rate, almost a 500 X Woba, and eight home runs. In that span, Matt Chapman really picking it up. Also, give me Tiasa. Oscar Hernandez, last two months, 177 plate appearances against righties, 295, two fifty, eight ninety, with 12 doubles and 9 home runs, Teoscar got the... Extra base hit stick working. And he's a fastball muncher. 71 hard hit, 21 barrel, 17 blast, and seven home runs against right-handed fastballs. Keep an eye on Teoscar today. And then let's wrap it up with Vlad, just a very good fastball hitter on the year. 83 contact, 63 hard hit, 13 barrel for a Vladito. Keep an eye on his pricing though. He can be hard to get to in jock market. That's a spot where, you know. DFS and stuff is actually beneficial because those prices are static. Chalky players don't often get a ton of ownership in baseball because there's a bunch of guys, right? And that matchup maybe seems okay. It may necessarily not. I think the ultra chalk is going to be Philadelphia. So that's somewhere I may probably not going to chase because of leverage issues in DFS. But remember in jock market, the leverage is inherent and reflected in the price, meaning that's why we don't want to chase up prices Why well. I mentioned it before. Not only am I a cheapskate, but the fact of the matter is the market is true, right? It's a true price-finding mechanism, meaning the higher the demand, the higher the price, unlike draft games, where a free square can be 100% owned, which is kind of broken from a capitalistic point of view. In Jock Market, where capitalism reigns supreme, USA, USA, you get paid for being sharp. And you also get paid for pulling the plug when it gets too expensive. And that's been the other part of it, right? So part of it is making money. The other part of it is avoiding losing money. And hopefully when we add those things to up, we get in the black if that didn't earn a cartoon finger i don't know what will give me the like button rate review and subscribe to the audio only pod the biggest thanks you could give us for a season full of hard work i mean you could put on the first show of the day other than maybe noticing the production value has gotten much better now is we're bringing the energy bringing the smoke we have not taken our foot off the gas i'm gonna red this bad boy we're blowing out the tires before we pull over to rest know what i'm saying so please hook us up Let's get into the fantasy side really quick. The Monday show finally found a good use for it just as we get ready to wrap it up. But hey, if the show does get picked up next season, then we'll know where to go with that. So since I don't see it on the weekend, I like to pick up on the injury. So we'll do an injury report, but maybe more importantly are the subsequent playing time films, right? So of course, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So for every loss, there must be a gain somewhere. All right, first up, my man Jock James Peterson left the game, hit on the hand. How tired of we of this? The x rays were negative, but you do never know. They've said he's day to day. Lamont Wade will probably be filling in in his place. Ramon Laureano, uh, this one hurts, pulled, soreness in the left side. Those obliques can be a major issue. I'm definitely expecting a trip to the injured list. Chad Pinder will be playing this week. Nick Senzel, surprise, surprise, hurt again. Hamstring, surprise, surprise, hurt again. Um, this has been going on. I dropped him everywhere. I've been trying to roll with him. You know, you hope there's the potential to get it. It's just not happening. I dropped him everywhere. Albert Omora will be playing. I especially was hoping, you know, you could run with Senzel. we we'll stream him at these weeks at home. And, of course, tremendous letdown. A guy like Omora is a – listen, these guys in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's course 2.0. So you just, just roll at anybody those weeks whenever you're kind of in need. Brandon Lowe held out of the Rays lineup yesterday. Second straight game. Shoulder is banged up. So they're saying day-to-day, but we don't know. Yu Shang has been playing in a spot. Not sure if that really moves the needle. Ronald Acuna, who does move a lot of needles, missed the game against the Marlins. Um, Right knee soreness. They're trying to downplay it. So we do have the advantage of seeing the lineup. If he's out again, of course, you've got to think about sitting. He hasn't been great either. Robbie Grossman will be starting in his place you know obviously you always want to start your studs Acuna is not the kind of guy you're ever looking to put on your bench this time of year I'm very aggressive I really am very aggressive teams that are good I'm trying to stay there the teams that are competing when I have a lot of mid-pack you know six seven eight out of 15 now you're in like a cluster I'm not saying you're near first but you got to get to that third fourth if you're going to make the push to second first into the money So I'm getting at it. You know, I don't want to be wed to narratives or names. And if, especially in me, right? A hand day to day that they say he's a bruise. And okay, maybe one thing. Knee soreness, you know, is the kind of thing that you could see two or three days, two or three, sometimes five, then they say it's an IL stint. You know, they're going to look to protect this guy. They have a ton of talent. They are competing. Maybe that will what make them push it. I don't know how you're going to view that. I don't like to project my own opinions on these teams. Doesn't usually work out right. So, Keep an eye on Acuna. Ryan Mountcastle, my dude for the Orioles, again, with the hand hit on hand, but the pitch is just the worst. Somebody out there creates some kind of bubble thing, like a bubble glove, you know, to protect these guys' hands. If we could just keep them down to bruises opposed to breaks. Not to say he's okay, it was just soreness. But I'm saying if we could just avoid these extensive absences, God, it should be a really great thing for the game. They're hoping he'll be back in the lineup. Daniel will have the advantage of seeing it, but I don't know if he will be. Keep an eye on Mount Castle today, and then lastly, Jonathan India missed another game. He's been out a couple, and now they're saying that there's just no talk of an aisle stint again. Especially with a really bad team and a really good young player, there's always a chance of an aisle stint. Don't believe these coaches, and they mean well. They're not trying to lie to you and you know, juke fantasy players. They don't care about a team. That part they're being honest about. You don't know how these things are going to progress. They're always optimistic. They're trying to keep people happy. India is one of the last viable pieces they have there in Cincinnati. So I just, I'm not starting him right now unless I see something together, especially if he's out today. You got a bench room. Expect the IL stint from India, and Donovan Solano will be playing there. Sorry, I did miss the Ryan Moundcastle, would be filled in by Tyler Nevin if he's out. But I do expect Mountcastle to be back. I don't like to overreact to like bruises, and I'm okay missing one day of a week, especially weekly lineups, less so in NFBC, but I will eat a day for a good player, right? You're not going to put in Nevin over Melcastle if you had that choice, let's say, you know, for even half the week. So that's the fantasy side. Got some injuries, keep an eye on, some lineups, keep an eye on. I know everyone's going to be filling in today. Uh, good luck with that. Also, feel free to hit me up. You know what I mean? That's also wide open. That's also like part of this. Remember the show here, rate, review, and subscribe while you're at it. Is the first brick in the building, right? For betting baseball and understanding these things, you you have to start early with a strong foundation, which I know we do. But then you have to continue to build it. Lineups, weather, a lot of variables going on that matter. Like pertinent variables are yet to change, and you'll see that reflected in my betting board today. I actually don't have any games. A couple couple ones I circled, but not we're not listed yet. And I'm not going to start chasing and putting your money at risk. So I figured let's put together a really nice ticket that we could bet for any amount. So let's just call it R if you 've noticed at the bottom i 'm actually stepping up my individual straight play risk we we 're starting to win a little bit, so now i 'm getting in it 's so late in the season to be hitting this, but we weren 't doing well and I'm, I never accelerate risk into a downturn i never I literally never do that i don 't believe in do I actually believe the other way i once it once it's, it starts raining, I expect a like nuclear nuclear winter to happen, and then that 's when I really buckle down, get in my process, stay on the risk. And in fact, I'm being completely honest with you people, we did so poorly at one stretch that if I wasn't doing a daily show, I would have, you know, I would have closed it down for a couple of days. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to bet every day. You absolutely don't. But don't get me wrong. I believe in all this stuff. We just don't get outcomes. I mean, the CLV we have printed is things people should be singing stories about. You could literally spot grab any single graphic we've put up all day, all year, and go back test it against the closing price. We are 30 cents or better in front of the Everything, every day, half a runs in front of lines. It is that proof is in the pudding. I do not, that's why I do not care. Like, come at me, shout out the haters. And listen, you're going to go broke fading me eventually. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. This one, we already did the analysis. So, give me a chance to talk some smack, you know, some much needed smack up. Uh, it's a bit of everything. Okay. So, there's a couple ways to skin this cat without scratching his butthole. But I, I didn't, I didn't want to overplay the ticket. And again, I just think it's more important we focus on a singular R. Whatever you're comfortable with, that's part of your daily risk plan. Even if your cork stats bets are part of a larger plan, and maybe cork stats accounts for a quarter of your R for the day, take that number, whatever it is, and let's split that and make this piece profitable. Okay, let me explain what I'm talking about. So we have Matt Chapman over one and a half total basis. We have Anthony Santander over one and a half total bases. We kind of did the analysis, right? Santander just killing. Lefties on the air, 386, 351, 1174. My triple slash, five home runs. He's been crushing them in those last 65 PAs. So total pop for two bases. Love, love, love the price. I was actually looking to pair the base hits. We'll get into that in a second. But when you see the strongest plays, and again, they were the strong total base plays. Have strong average with strong ISO, aggressive hitters in good spots with juicy, juicy, juicy totals. Why do I mention that? Because if you now take R, split it down between Chapman and there, we only have to hit one. Let's say we're going to split it in half. You only have to hit one, and you have a minimum 25% gain on the venture. Minimum. Beautiful. If Chapman is the one that hits, you have a 45% gain on the venture, and that ain't bad. I know gamblers have these ridiculous... Expectations, that's generally why the average person fails. It's not because they're bad at at picking winners. Like, am I good at picking winners? I do not pick the future. I believe my model is very good at sniffing out inefficiencies in the market, but that's about as far as it's going to go. And then it has to play out. You know what I mean? I make, I make no bones about that, right? My skill to pick winners is probably my sixth best skill as a handicapper. I mean, and that's fine. I'm okay with that when process, methodology, discipline, IQ, you know fortitude when these things are the ones at the top of the list that's the stuff that's going to translate into profit more than you know i pick winners Like <laughs> sounds ridiculous it's just sounds ridiculous also be careful of, of handicappers touting records like if if records don't matter who's touted, why don't you tout records like that's almost like you show you're showing your ass to me touting your record especially last two weeks oh man eight and two last two weeks What is that supposed to mean? Unless you're trying to tell people, you know, you understand the the natural sine waves and you're saying get in the sine wave, you know, before it goes down, opposed to like, I don't even know. I guess I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, tens of thousands of bets. What the hell does 10 of them mean? I know I I cannot wrap my mind around it, but that's just me. So remember, compare these two guys for a beautiful, beautiful profit. The reason I stuck the home run parlay at the bottom is that profit could also cover the home run probably. So let's work that. Let's say we have $100, could be 10, could be a thousand. Okay. Well, that's why I like to use percentages. It applies to everybody. And remember I was the $2 better. So I don't ever, li- I don't like when people speak down to those people as if you must bet this, you must bet that. Or you're some kind of, you're a cheese or a corn. No, you're understanding the business. You bet whatever you need to, that you have the capital for to stay within your discipline. You know, that's what matters. Okay. Those are very, very poor. That's very poor advice. that Totals matter. Totals don't matter. Percentages matter. Process matters. Process begets percentages, which begets profit, which begets you know me yelling at a computer for my living instead of having a regular stupid job. So, if you tack in the home run parlay now twenty to one, both these guys were just ringing for the home run model. It's tough to play home run props, right? You're going to get that's you're going to get yourself in trouble. But we know it's a risky venture. You know you're chasing things, but a plus three fifty for a reason. Right, that has to be understood. No matter how good we may be at optimizing it, right? Maybe we're cut the three fifty down to two twenty, but you gotta get the two still two twenty. If you have a hundred bucks, let's say you could play forty five forty-five. Hitting one still makes a profitable venture. Minimum fifteen percent. Opens up the door if you get to two home runs to really bust you out. And that's pretty good good way if you're like a I don't want to say novice and it's not simple like simple Jack it's simple like simplistic we draw X we look for profit we just let it run you know, some people build more complex tickets, and we have people doing that, you know, looking for the totals, F5 totals, all those tools I put out, hat tip to Patty Mayo for giving me the ability to do that. Maybe saying goodbye to those in 13 days. I don't know. It just maybe is what it is. We'll see. I'm over my skis right now. My workload is just crazy, but, you know, I'm never going to give up until I actually collapse. But to, So the home runs going off at 20 to 1 allows you to potentially then double up the whole venture. And that's really it. And yeah, you could say, oh, but I could, what if you hit the 2 home runs? Yeah, but you could chase the 2 home runs for 20 days and not hit it and end up in the red. So I'd always rather try and build a strong probabilistic hit and look for progressive pay rather than look for the big jackpot all the time because those zeros really beat you down. It's not usually not my style. And last thing is I also mentioned the total, the base hit parlay that I had. I didn't really know how to work that in, so I left it to the side but that's also very viable. The two hitters, the same two guys are going off at plus 135 for a base hit apiece, which is also totally viable. And you could probably replace the home run parlay with that, you know, or maybe you go five on the home run parlay, 10 or 15 on the hit parlay, then split the rest on the total bases or vice versa. Put the 60, the heavy 60 on the base hit parlay, where if you hit that, the whole thing is profitable, and then and then probably cut it down on the bigger odds. That's probably the smarter way to do it. So Again, I mean, you're just gonna you know verbalize these things, get a spreadsheet out, start playing with the dials, and you might see the light bulb go off and say, "Wow, I just know I've been doing it wrong. We're just doing it a little bit differently." So, man, hopefully that might earn you two like buttons, unlike, and then re-like. Give me those cartoon fingers, put them inside us as we get out of here with another wonderful edition of course Stats in the books please download the jock market app we're looking for almost anybody in that baltimore toronto game that's going off at four and a quarter or less Keep an eye on all the hitters that we mentioned um for sure and then you keep an eye also i'm going to be putting out all the tools today right the picture sheets coming out apply team totals all the goodness that you get here at mayo media net rate review and subscribe to the audio only pod don't be afraid to shoot over to youtube and see those images sometimes grabbing a screenshot is a little more helpful and then while you're there, you can press the like button, because that stuff matters more than it should. Get up in the comments, let me know how we're doing. Go up on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG, tag Patty Mayo, and let them know how we're doing. 13 days left. Can you believe it, man? What a great season. I really hope, at the very, very least, you know, we've challenged your understanding. I, and I hope that, at the very least, even if you disagree with me, like, by all means, you should, right? You shouldn't agree with everybody all the time. But hopefully I have at least kind of sparked a brush fire in the minds of a few men and women out there. and that. Will do it. So we got the full slate going. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. Man, I will catch you on the flip side. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, man. You're damn right it do.